Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Our Father, our Father, what a privilege to call you our Father. Our Father, we love you. We give you worship, we give you thanks. Lord, we thank you for the greatness of the power toward us who believe. Thank you for giving your son. Thank you for freedom. Thank you, Lord, for righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give us revelation of what you have done in salvation, that we may fully walk and fully manifest the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we were in Adelaide this week, and I always love it when I hear people come up and testify about what the Lord has done in times past. And as people were being healed and wonderful things were happening, um, a couple came forward with their little girl, and they said, four years ago, you were here at Harvest Church in Adelaide, and uh, we hadn't, they hadn't been able to conceive for seven years and were told they weren't going to be able to have a baby. And they said, you prophesied that within two months we'd be pregnant. Well, we wanted to show you our baby girl. Within two months we were pregnant and here she is. And just beautiful. We've had, we have a photo actually. Oh, they put the screens away. There it is, the little girl. She's so beautiful. And... Um, so we're so thankful when we hear testimonies like that. I, and then I had another lady come up to me and she said, well, eight years ago, you were in Bordertown, South Australia, and um, she had married, um, her husband was quite a lot older than her, and she made me blush. She said, his swimmers didn't swim. <laughs> she said, well, you know, he'd been told he, he couldn't have children. But we had a prophetic word that we were going to have children, so I told him to go and get prayer. And I was up the back, and she said, all I saw was him fall on the floor, and three days later, we were pregnant. This is my little girl. She's, you know. <laughs> I was like, wow. Wow. I say that to say nothing is impossible for those who believe. Nothing is impossible. And God wants us to be people who don't, Look at situations and circumstances and think like the world, but look at circumstances and think this is an opportunity for the kingdom of God to be manifested and God's glory to be seen. Amen? Hallelujah. I've been, as I was flying in today, um, I was just meditating on Colossians chapter 3. It's such a good book. I love the whole Bible, but I, I really encourage people, pick a, pick a book and study it for some time. Take time. You might want to read the whole, if it's an epistle, you might want to read the whole epistle in a sitting and then take a, a week or a few weeks just to work your way through and drink out of the rich revelation that comes out of every chapter. I, I can't do a chapter in a day. I, I've got to just, I, I get stuck because there's so much just in one little paragraph. And 
I, I want to encourage you, as well as asking the Lord to, I snack on the word all the time. Give me something, Lord. But I, I, I do systematically study the word of God privately as well myself because I get so much revelation when I read things, when I reread it, and when I, I ask the Holy Spirit to show me what he's saying. But Colossians chapter three, I'm, I'm still in the book of John personally myself, but this was a snack, hallelujah, on the airplane. Colossians chapter three is, um, is such a blessing. We're gonna read from verse 12. Hallelujah. It says here, if I can make my iPad work, stop it, praise the Lord. Put on then, I'll do it from memory. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive any grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love that binds them all together in perfect unity. Amen? Amen. But as, you, as you, I look at this, I'm gonna need someone's Bible. My iPad's not working. Thank you very much, sir. Kind, sir, appreciated. What have we got? Something delicious, hopefully in large print. Hallelujah, yes. <laughs> what is it, what have we got? Oh, 20, 21st century King James. All right, that'll work. <laughs> Therefore, holy and beloved, as the elect of God, put on hearts of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any may have a quarrel against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Do you know that because you have responded to the invitation of God to come into fellowship with him, and because you are holy and dearly loved, he says, because this is who you are, therefore do this. And sometimes we read the Bible and we think, all right, yeah, there's my checklist. All right, I gotta do this, I gotta forgive, I gotta be thankful, I gotta, I gotta put on kindness and tender mercies and patience, all right. And we can view it as another, another standard of something we have to try to achieve and live up to, or perhaps even something that we measure ourselves against and go, oh yeah. Forgive one another as the Lord forgave you. Yes, that's right, I know that's something I should do. But you know, this scripture isn't telling us this is something you should do. It's an explanation of who you've become and therefore what you now have power to do. Because you are God's chosen people and because you are already holy and dearly loved, therefore, because this is what you're like, can you hear what the Lord's saying? Do you know that you are already holy? People get nervous when you say stuff like that. No one's good but God. And then he says in Romans, 
that you are full of goodness. Why? Because it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Hallelujah. We, according to Romans 6, are told to reckon ourselves dead, indeed to sin, and alive to God in Christ. So we've got to just agree with God. Thank you, God. Oh, thank God I was delivered from me. Praise the Lord. When I wake up in the morning, I don't have to assess what my, what, who am I, what am I like. Oh, I don't feel very good. I didn't do very well yesterday. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh. And even after we've confessed our sin, we struggle sometimes to believe that he is actually faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God wants us to be the just who live by faith, that we actually put faith in the fact that as I gave you my sin, you gave me your righteousness. I'm actually clean. When you look at me, you don't define me by how I've behaved or how I've performed. You define me by the fact that I put my faith in the Son of God and received his nature. Hallelujah. Therefore, because I've received his nature, he calls me holy. It, it has to be because light can have no fellowship with darkness. You can't be joined to God and not be holy. And yet you can't achieve holiness in your own effort. So Jesus was so excited to go to the cross in that it says, for the joy set before him, he endured it. The joy that was set before him was that he knew he was going to make a way for you to be made as righteous and holy as him so that you could be joined to him. He who is light, perfect light, holy, cannot be joined with unholiness. God wouldn't unequally yoke his son. So we had to be made compatible in order to be one with God, to be the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So basic gospel 101, because you are holy and dearly loved. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, happy day, oh, happy day, happy day, you washed my sin away. Do you actually believe that? If you did, you'd feel really good about yourself. And feeling good about yourself is, as um, my friend says, is not a bad thing. In fact, you're supposed to love each other as you love yourselves. If you can't love yourself and feel good about yourself, you're gonna be critical of everybody else. Just saying. Therefore, as God's chosen people, who would that be? You. Who are holy and dearly loved. Wow, okay. That's lovely, God. Because that's who you are, clothe yourself with compassion. Clothe yourself with compassion. What he's saying is try to not try to be compassionate. He's saying, because as I am, so are you in this world. Therefore, I've laid a table before you. You've been brought up into the kingdom. You're seated with me in heavenly places. Now, as one who is holy and dearly loved, seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus, this is what we do. There's a big table laid in front of you in the presence of your enemies, and it's full of all the virtues of God. Take it, have it, it's yours. Because you're holy, because you're dearly loved, 
go and put this on. You can wear this as your definition, compassion. I'm not, oh, I should be more compassionate. This is something that's part of the nature of Christ. Therefore, by faith, I'm going to access it. I have a computer, MacBook computer, hallelujah, MacBook Pro, actually. <laughs> but I still use it like a typewriter. And, um, you know, I, as I do my stuff, sometimes I see my kids or uh, staff will, will look at what I'm doing and they'll say, Mom, you could just do, like, just this, press this key and this key and look what happens. I'm like, wow, what, cut and paste. <laughs> Just like that. That's what that command key is for. I mean, what was that? You see, I had access to all the good things that this computer can do. It was already mine. But until I actually get up, look into working out what I've got... I go and write three books without knowing that I can do those shortcuts. Sometimes we go through life not realizing what's already been given to us. What he's saying is, hey, I want you not to live life as this struggling little person. I want you to live life knowing that I've made all of this available to you. You don't have to wear the rags of self-pity and the rags of the definitions that other people have put on you or you've put on yourself. This is how you need to dress. You need to dress as one who is a child of the king. And this is what children of the king wear. Robes of compassion. Yeah, come on. Kindness. Humility, gentleness, patience. God is love, love is patient. As he is, so am I. Therefore, I am patience personified. It's part of the nature of Christ. But if I don't know that that's the truth, then I won't by faith walk in that. Hallelujah. Everything in the kingdom is done by faith. We need to start to be aware of what we've got. Second Peter chapter one says that we have everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. We've got it all, better than a MacBook Pro. We have eternal life now. The life of Christ, the greatness of the power toward us to believe is something we need to wake up and recognize because he's given it to us but it's all accessible through the knowledge of him. That is through knowing him. As I discover what you're like, I realize I can add to my faith virtue and virtue knowledge and knowledge self-control and self-control brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness love, hallelujah. He's saying it here, he says it in 2 Peter chapter one, in that we need to recognize that we have so much more power available to us than we may be currently using. That's why he prays in Ephesians 1 that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him 
so that we'd know the hope of our calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in us in the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. It's all ours, but we need to explore what he is, who he is and what he's got and what now we have so that we start to walk in the identity that he's given us. Hallelujah. Therefore, as God's holy, uh, chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. But I want to read down further. He says, um, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's a big thing. Forgiveness has been something that I have had to learn about over the years. I used to struggle. My sense of justice found it really hard just to let people go when they hadn't even acknowledged that they'd done the wrong thing. Because I felt like if they hadn't acknowledged they'd done the wrong thing and I just forgive as God forgives, like they may not even realize they've done the wrong thing. Anybody ever thought like that? If they could just repent, God, if they could just acknowledge they did the wrong thing, then I can forgive them. But we're called to forgive as the Lord forgives us. Very interesting study to look how the Lord forgives us. Think about the woman caught in adultery. They throw her at Jesus' feet. And they say, she's caught in the act. You need to stone her. He says, all right, well, you who's without sin, cast the first stone. And one by one, they just all put their stones down and walk away from the youngest to the oldest, or the oldest to the youngest, can't remember, have a look. Read your Bible. Oldest Oldest to the youngest. Or think of, and, and then he says to her, who condemns you? She says, no one, Lord. He says, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Interesting thing to note about that, though, is she didn't ask for it. She didn't repent. He just offered it to her. You're getting scared? Don't worry, I'll help you. You think of another situation. The man that got let down through the roof, remember? Lame man. His four friends let him down through the roof. What does Jesus do? Looks at this guy. This guy is like, doesn't say anything. Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. And they get so upset. Everyone gets so upset. You can't say that. You can't forgive sins. Who are you to forgive sins? Jesus says, what's easier for me to say, I forgive his sins or get up and walk? But so that you know I have power to forgive sins, get up and walk. Interesting thing, he hasn't repented or asked for forgiveness. So before you panic, before you change our channel, there is absolutely a place for repentance. There's absolutely, you must acknowledge that you have sinned and you must repent, but our repentance doesn't earn God's forgiveness. What it does is it positions us to receive it. You see, Jesus came and was slain for the sins of the whole world. 
He paid for everybody's sin already. But it is a divine exchange. Because he is love, he doesn't force anybody into a relationship with him. But he pleads with everybody, invites everybody, and, and longs that we would hear his voice, hear the word of the Lord, and respond to a forgiveness that is just being freely offered. Jesus did it. He's on the, on the cross dying. They're mocking him. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. They hadn't acknowledged they'd done the wrong thing. They were still actively watching him die. Stephen did the same thing. Don't hold this sin against them. How do you forgive like that? When we acknowledge our sin, we go, God, that was wrong. That was bad. Sorry. I received by faith your forgiveness in exchange for my sin. He who knew no sin became sin so we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. The good news is we, as we exchange our sin in faith, we receive his righteousness clean, holy. It's so good that religion has worked for many centuries to try to complicate it. But the Bible says you have to be like little children. Humble yourselves and receive what you can have no part in earning. If you want to come into the kingdom, you've got to be a little, like a little child that goes, this is awesome. Thanks. Yeah, come on. That's awesome. Thank you. Candy. Hallelujah. <laughs> wow. Takes humility what you can have no part in earning. Yeah, come on. It takes humility to receive what you can have no part in earning. So he freely offers this forgiveness and waits for us to go, yeah, actually, I need that. Yeah, I, I need that. When you say I need forgiveness, you're acknowledging that you have sin that needs to be forgiven. So when you go, yeah, I need, I need forgiveness, he's like, woo, here it is. You're forgiven. Hallelujah. It happened again in the story of the prodigal son. Read it. The boy comes home, Jewish boy, done everything he shouldn't have done that Jewish boys shouldn't do. Everything. Finally comes home because he's run out of money and is starving. Thinks, well, my father's good. Maybe I'll get a job with him. I, I'm blown it now. There's no way I could ever go back to being a son, but maybe he'll let me be a worker. At least they earn a decent wage. That's his attitude. He comes home. The moment the father sees him from a long way off, he runs toward him. And then he stops and says, do you know what you did wrong? <laughs> oh, actually, no, that's not what he does. Uh, that's, that's not the story. He runs towards him, wraps his arms around him, kisses him, calls for a robe and a ring and throws a party. And then in the middle of it all, the boy goes, um... I don't deserve this. I'm, I, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. You see, it's the goodness and kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Hallelujah. And this is the forgiveness God gives. And then he says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
Wow. You know, I've often tried to forgive out of my own strength, muster it up. I forgive, 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 no, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I like thought I'd forgive it, I forgive, I forgive, I don't feel that emotion again. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? I got so stressed about trying to forgive because I knew too that, you know, I was thinking if I don't forgive, then I'm not going to be forgiven. I'm like, oh, I'm forgiving, I'm forgiving, I'm forgiving. Oh, but I'm so mad at them. That I began, I really began to seek God. I mean, situations when people have, particularly when someone's done something against someone you love that's been really damaging, had long-term effects, like someone has wronged your spouse or wronged your children. Second-hand offense can even be harder to forgive than things that have happened to you. When you're, when you're trying to forgive and trying to forgive, you can get tormented. But it's like us trying to give anything supernatural. If we're not realizing that we're simply giving what we've already received, then we frustrate ourselves. Jesus has forgiven us. He has given us the gift of forgiveness. Freely I've received, so freely I can give. When I pray for the sick, I don't work it up emotionally in my heart. Think, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Okay, I can give it. I, I, I have nothing. I can't muster it up in myself. But I give what Jesus Christ gave to us through his sacrifice. Freely, he gave us power to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. So I've received, remember when Peter and John went to the man at the gate, beautiful, laid hands on the lame man? What did they say? Such as I have, give I thee. They knew what they'd received from the Lord and they could give it. When you know what you've received, you can give it. When you go to minister to anybody, you do it by faith. Thank you, Lord. I've received the kingdom of God. Thank you, God. Now, that's the confidence that I have to be able to heal the sick, to be able to cast out demons, to be able to love, to be able to do all of these things. I do it not because it was in me, but because, praise the Lord, I was delivered from me. Now, he lives in me, and he has all the power. I can freely give what he's given me. Forgiveness is exactly the same. He gives us the gift of forgiveness. And he gives us power now to forgive others that have wounded us and wronged us and have not even acknowledged they've done the wrong thing. It's something we can do by faith. And this is how we do it. Think about what the Lord has done. Start to become aware, what have I received in terms of forgiveness? You forgave my sins before I ever asked and I opened my heart and received it. Thank you, God. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness. You are so merciful. You've given your life, forgiven the sins of the whole world. And you're just waiting for people to acknowledge their need for it so that they can receive it. So I can forgive 
the same way you forgive. I can give forgiveness, and whether they receive it or not is up to them. But I give my forgiveness because it's forgiveness that you've already given me. I forgive with the forgiveness of the Lord. Hallelujah. I lay hands on the sick in the power of the Lord. I forgive in the power of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I can forgive you, not because I'm emotionally able to do it, but because I'm spiritually able to do it because it's a gift, a a spiritual gift that's been given to me that I can now freely give to you. Hallelujah. I believe when we start to do that by faith, I forgive. And the enemy says, no, 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 you're still angry. You go, I've given the forgiveness of God. Hallelujah. Thank God. I'm delivered from the torment of unforgiveness. Hooray. Forgiveness of God. Whoa, whoa. That is so much better than anything I could come up with. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I give the forgiveness of God. It allows you to supernaturally love people who in the natural don't deserve it. It gives you supernatural power to love like him. Hallelujah. We're going to spend some time over the next week or two looking into the subject of forgiveness. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. You can come have it back. I collect Bibles, so I would take it back. Very nice Bible. Hallelujah. If Mark Greenwood was here, hallelujah, may not be offering it back. Hallelujah. No. (laughs) But he would forgive me. I believe the Holy Spirit is so excited about your life. Georgia, I met a whole bunch of your family down in Wondera. Hallelujah. They all love you very much. They kept showing me pictures of you. I said, yes, I see her every week. (laughs) She is beautiful. They send their love and cuddles. I believe God is so excited about your life that your life is not defined by what you're going through. It's not defined by what you're experiencing. It's defined by the fact that you've acknowledged, Jesus Christ is my savior. I need salvation and he's just given it to me. And I got the whole deal, lock, stock and barrel. Sins, iniquities, all my crookedness is gone. I've got supernatural peace and I'm healed. Happy day. Wow. That's why persecution happens because religious people just go, that is not okay. That can't possibly be okay. That just sounds far too easy. It is. That's why it's called good news. Hallelujah. I think I'm not as sassy as you. You're beautiful. I love you, Maggie. Shababa. I believe the Lord is wanting to bring this up because he's wanting to set some people free who've been tormented with the accusation from the enemy that you haven't forgiven. And you've really sincerely, sincerely been trying. I've got some good news for you. 
if you'll send forth the forgiveness that supernaturally has been given to you in faith, God will help you with the emotions to follow. We do forgive. He says, forgive from the heart. And I'm like, oh, I can't forgive from the heart. I'm trying to forgive from the heart. My heart's misbehaving. When I got the revelation that actually my heart is not defined by my emotions, but my heart is defined by the nature of Christ, then I can go, well, he's got a great heart. So yes, freely I forgive from the heart. And emotions, hey, they're not gonna, I'm not gonna let you enemy manipulate my emotions on this. This is the truth. I am holy. I am dearly loved. I have a pure heart and pure motives. Therefore, I love them freely and I've forgiven them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And when he starts talking and starts tormenting you, you just remind him, hallelujah. God's given me the gift of forgiveness and I've given it away. Hallelujah. I'm gonna think on something pure and lovely. Talk to the hand, hallelujah. Today, if you're here and you know in your heart you haven't responded to the mercy of God, I don't want you to misunderstand me. Jesus has been slain for the sins of the whole world. I'm not preaching universalism here. I I hate the doctrine. Because the forgiveness of God is an invitation that requires a response. Our God is not a, a dictator that gives us no choice in relationship. His heart cry from the, before he ever created mankind was that they would have the freedom to love him back. That's why he put two trees in the garden. He wanted to give them the choice to be in relationship, the choice to love him. Today, we still have a choice. Will we respond to this great kindness receive the gift of forgiveness, the gift of righteousness, the gift of mercy, the gift of his amazing grace that not only takes away our sin, but changes our hearts, gives us supernatural peace and healing. When we acknowledge, God, I have need of that, we're saying, I need forgiveness from sin. There is sin and I, in my life. I've done things and I cannot pay for that. But you already have. And Lord, I come to you humbly saying, I need that. I need that mercy. I need that forgiveness. Please, Lord, have mercy on me. And here's there. I've been waiting for you to open your heart and receive what I paid for a very long time ago. If you're here today and you say, yes, Lord, I I wanna respond to the mercy of Christ. The Bible tells us that if we'll believe with our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. That is acknowledging you're the one who is the savior. And I acknowledge I need you as my savior. When we say, yes, Lord, and we make it a deliberate choice to cross the line and say, I want to come into the kingdom. I want to receive the mercy of Christ. When we make that bold choice, the Father says, if you confess me before um, my Father, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. He longs for the day that you make a choice to say, yes, Lord, I want to be yours. I want to be in relationship with you. If that's you today and you say, I want to respond to the mercy of God, 
Today, I want to receive the gift of righteousness, the gift of salvation. I want you just to wave your hand at me because I want to pray with you before we go any further. God bless you. God bless you. That's so wonderful. Is there anybody else that says, yeah, that's me? Hallelujah. Just wave your hand at me. I want to, I want to see. Is there anybody else that says, yeah, that's me? Because when we do this, this is, this is what God has been looking forward to from before you were ever even conceived. In fact, the Bible says all of heaven has a, has a party, celebrates over just one. Why? Because he loves them more than we've ever loved anybody in our whole world. More than anybody that's ever loved a child, God loves us much, much more. And he's been longing for the day that you respond to the way that he's made for you to be together. Is there anybody else that says, yeah, that's me. I want today to be the day that my, life, my name gets written in the Lamb's Book of Life because I say, yes, I'm with the Lord. Let me see your hand. Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. Just wave it at me if that's you. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. We're going to pray for some people in just a minute, but... Sweetheart, could I pray with you? Would you come? Yeah. You come, you come. Yeah, you come. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.